Hello, and welcome to the Educators Going Global podcast. This episode was recorded on August 14th, 2022. The guiding question for this episode is, what's the inside scoop on what you might want to look for and to look out for in schools that you choose to apply to? My going global story is to really do your homework on schools that might make you an offer to be really focusing on what would it be like for your children in going to this school. It's really helpful to ask for current teachers who have children to see if you could give them a call and get the skinny on whether the school and the community can be a good fit for your children. I can add from experience that it's helpful to have a list of questions and to be pretty direct with those that you speak with. It might be worth the effort to also speak with someone who taught at the school previously, who might be even more upfront in sharing about what it's like for children of teachers at that school. Right, because the people who are currently working there might not want to give you a bad Yes. Recommendation, you know, because they're they're still there. So, yes, I think that makes a lot of sense. So when we look at this inside scoop, there's kind of two aspects to this. There's schools that you want to aspire to. And we're going to tell you a little bit about those and why you might want to aspire to those. And then there's schools to perhaps avoid applying to. As far as schools to aspire to, one type of school is a not for profit school. There are not-for-profit and there are for-profit schools. And David and I started our careers where there were very few for-profit schools. In our day, it was a given that educators looked mainly at not-for-profit schools because they tended to invest more money into the buildings and materials. However, so many schools now are for-profit, roughly 75%. So it's difficult to only apply to not-for-profits. So that, that is the big picture, so many for-profit schools. So really do your homework to see how well the for-profit schools are resourced, who's making the decisions educationally, uh, also regarding the use of resources, and what their mission is. We will take a deep dive on this topic, bringing on a guest to, to really cover it uh, and give you more information in a future podcast. Another thing to look for in a school is, is it accredited by a reputable agency? For example, the New England Association of Schools and Colleges or Middle States Association of Colleges and Schools. And these are agencies that have schools go through a process of of accreditation and it makes a big difference if you're looking at a school that's accredited or not. Yes, that seal of approval definitely can make a big difference in your recruiting efforts. Along the same lines, you want to look at recruiting agencies. Well, look at your school and see if they're covered by recruiting agencies, if they're in their databases. So examples might be International School Services, Search, the Global Recruitment Collaborative. There are many. Um, But again, kind of looking for that stamp of approval. Right. You can also try to figure out what their international reputation is. And you can check this through Facebook groups, uh, other social media, and then also a site called International School Reviews. And there are plenty of other resources where you can try to find out the, the reputation of a school that you're looking at. We did a real unpacking on finances and looking at salary and benefits. And so that's a tell. Uh, If the school has a reasonable package, 
that you're able to save money and live comfortably, that will be something you want to look out for. And if if those numbers just aren't adding up, that is a, a red flag. You want to try to find a safe and stable country. But having said that, you could probably consider being open to countries that on the surface might not seem safe, but really are. Check the reviews, talk to people who live there. You know, sometimes the situation from the outside can seem a lot more scary than it is on the inside. Definitely take a look at who's reaching out to you from the school. Uh, Do they have onboarding procedures? For example, do they have an HR person or a teacher volunteer who works with the new staff coming in that they provide a lot of information, even in the spring before you come in, in the summer before you come in. You also want to be looking at someone painting the picture of what your first few days will look like upon arrival, that you have that contact person to answer your questions, and along that, that you have a buddy. Um, Usually when that happens, it will be someone, if you're in elementary, at your grade level, if you're middle or high school, someone in your department to really answer those questions. So that's a big plus. Will you be met at the airport? And will you have transportation from the airport to uh, the hotel where you'll be set up? Those are big pluses to to hear about uh, when you're talking to potential schools. Once you are in, you're at the hotel, Will the school have someone who's going to help you find a place to live, a realtor to help you? Maybe they have employee housing, so maybe that's kind of done. But it def- you definitely need to hear that you have someone there helping you with that transition. Another big one that you want to either ask about or they're going to be upfront about is someone to help you with your work visa and any other government type documentation. Right. And, you know, I've talked to people where the school, it was a dream situation. And I've also talked to people where it was an absolute nightmare, where they had no help. They were just thrown in, okay, get here by yourself, get yourself established, figure everything out. And, you know, by the way, they don't speak English. (laughs) So it can be, it can be the whole, it runs the whole gamut of experiences. Another consideration is what is the student population? What will it be like teaching the students of your new school? Will it be a culture of learning with healthy expectations for students to be engaged and responsible for their work? Are there strong boundaries between parents and the school? And we'll talk more about some of these in a moment. So let's transition over to red flags, uh, tells that will, should make you kind of say, what's going on here? Um, what we've talked about for profit, like we just said, it's not black and white and we don't have that much experience with them. So we will bring on someone to talk more about for profit schools. A definite red flag would be a school that was not accredited, and you could check their website to see if they are accredited. Even if they are accredited with a recognized accreditation body, what phase are they at in the accreditation process? Because although it can be a rewarding experience to go through an accreditation, if you're in at the very beginning, it can be a whole lot more work added to your load for that first year. And speaking of kind of workloads, check on the possibility that the school is a new school, that it's just hasn't been around long enough to build all those foundational practices that need to be in place. So that's something to check out, even though for some folks that might be really exciting to say, I get to be in at the start of a school and help build it. And then another area to look into is if you're hearing about a school through an untested recruiting agency, not one of the big ones, 
that's also a red flag. And there are tons of them out there now. I get reached out to on LinkedIn all the time by these kind of fly-by-night seeming recruiting agencies. So definitely check into where did this amazing sounding job opportunity come from. If the school's website is lacking in key information, you know, maybe it doesn't have a description of the school community or it doesn't talk about their mission or their clientele or perhaps their curriculum. You know, there's all kinds of things that you usually would look for. And if their website is lacking some of those, that would be a red flag for me. And one of the topics that comes up in interviews is to find out about staff turnover. And this one isn't black and white either. There are some schools that will hire young teachers that come in for a couple of years and they know they're going to move on. They want to move up the hierarchy of schools and that's pretty normal. But then there are some schools that it might be a one year that they just have a huge turnover and you need to find out what's going on. And a real red flag is when there is a pattern of changing administrators. You really want to watch out for that. Yeah, absolutely. One other consideration that would raise a red flag for me is a a country with a difficult living situation. You know, sometimes there can be strict governmental policies, perhaps an unstable political situation. Just be aware of your surroundings. And then one of the big things that Audrey and I've had to face the last few years is the age limit possibility on getting a work visa. And so that's kind of an abrupt wake up in one's (laughs) career, uh, and we're dealing with it. So Find out their their list. You can find it on on the web. And then the uh, recruiting agencies keep a list of what is the age limit um, that once you hit that age, the host country will no longer give you a work visa so the school isn't able to hire you. Yeah. I mean, for example, my husband and I saved Europe for the end because we knew that at European schools, the benefit package isn't always that great. And so we thought, well, wait till the kids are through college before we go to Europe. Well, come to find out, actually, they won't even hire you now because you're getting too old. So definitely something to know from the beginning. Uh, Another one to think about is, does the school have a union? When teachers are part of a union, they can sometimes develop kind of an attitude of minimalism where, you know, they arrive on the bus with the kids and then they leave the minute the kids are out the door. And that can be kind of frustrating to work with. Uh, But on the other hand, it could be helpful if you're part of a union and there was an issue such as an unlawful termination, the union might just go to bat for you. But it's just something to be aware of. Is there a union? And a real connection to that are work labor laws that in certain countries, um, well, the unions, as Audrey say, are following kind of the rules that can be set by the government. If the workday ends at three o'clock, if you're in a country where people leave at 3.05, you know, where does that fit in your kind of work ethic and your belief that you put in the extra time and it's for the benefit of the kids? But if it's at a school where the majority of people are minimalist, as Audrey's saying. That, that can be very difficult. So again, do your homework. Another thing to look into is at the potential school that you're looking at, is there a local versus expat kind of thing going on? The idea... Divide. <laughs> yeah, divide. That the in almost, I think, around the world, so many of these international schools are very fortunate that they are able to hire local workers who come in. They could be teachers, teaching assistants, back office people, uh, grounds people. But almost all cases, they're going to be paid much less than the overseas hires. And I can only guess that in most schools, it's probably not a difficult thing that goes on. Um, 
to work in an international school can be prestigious for local hire, so it can be a positive, but they don't get as many benefits, and there can be some division that's going on between local and expats. Absolutely. Another piece is, what is the influence of the school board and or the owners, if it's a for-profit school, in the daily running of the school? That can be definitely an issue that impacts your teaching. As we previously noted, there needs to be a healthy boundary, and hopefully the board sets limits on parents trying to influence the school as a whole and the teachers of their children. Uh, Some schools can feel as though they are run by the parents or at least heavily influenced by parental input, and that can lead to some really awkward situations. Very awkward. And that's where going to the um, Facebook groups and other resources to get that inside scoop on whether the school is being overly influenced by the parents. That's a biggie. So looking at the bottom line, kind of bringing things together here, As we keep saying, do your research, but not just on schools. Look at the cities, look at the countries. There are plenty of websites out there that offer information on uh, cost of living, uh, political situations. So what I do, I build a profile for schools and for cities and for countries using a spreadsheet. So think about doing that big recruiting agencies like ISS Search, and you can go to International School Reviews. They offer a lot of information to add to these profiles that you can build. And one of the best places I think you can go is visiting our Educators Going Global website, where where we keep growing our list of resources. So please come visit our site to learn more about individual schools and have links to learn more about cities and countries. And then just as we've said, go through those Facebook groups. I just found a Reddit group today, International School Reviews, lots of good information. One of the things with International School Review that you do read, and you'll see it if you go there, you can often get the extremes of someone who really had a difficult time at a school, so they're going to be somewhat bitter. And then at the other end, you can get real cheerleaders, and not to say they shouldn't be cheerleading, but you've got to read between the lines. So keep that in mind as you go there. Their forum is open. You don't have to pay for that. Otherwise, you do pay for the International School Review site. It's an annual fee. One other place that I've been looking at lately is called Tales from a Small Planet, and that gives information on cities and countries. So in closing, we want to remind you that we didn't explain any of these items in great detail. Our thought is to list them all out for you here and then to circle back to them later on, along with subject matter experts as guests, and they'll be able to get into the specifics. That's the plan. That is the plan. Thanks for joining us on the Educators Going Global podcast. Having some inside scoop will definitely help you find the schools and the cities and the countries where you might want to end up in, whether it's your first effort or it's going to be your sixth move as an international educator. Thank you for joining us today on Educators Going Global. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all the other usual suspects. Please subscribe, like us, and leave a review on Apple and Spotify, and let your teaching friends know about us so we can grow our community. Please reach out at educatorsgoingglobal at gmail.com 
And join our Facebook group, Educators Going Global, if you have ideas, comments, or wish to share a going global story of your own. You can also find us on Instagram at Educators Going Global. Please visit our website as well, www.educatorsgoingglobal.com. All our podcast episodes are on there by topic, along with blog posts, going global stories, and our ever-growing resource library. For now, this is Audrey and David inviting you to travel, teach, and connect with us.